Shalom and welcome again to another edition of Secrets of Meeting, the podcast and TV arm of Jewish Sacred Aging. I am your host, Rabbi Richard Address. Thank you very, very much for joining us. If you need to contact me about ideas or suggestions, just email me at rabbiaddress at jewishsacredaging.com. We're going to explore today in today's program something that has emerged in the recent years as a, 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 an interesting phenomenon within our community and indeed the United States aging community. And that is this issue of so-called solo agers. It was first brought to our attention on our website uh, by a young woman named Carol who writes a uh, regular column for us on JewishSacredAging.com and who raised this issue of, I'm alone, I have no spouse, I have no children, stop talking everything about grandchildren, etc., etc., etc. We want to explore some of this issue and to that we've invited and we're very happy to welcome to our today's program, Dr. Sarah Zeff Geber. Um, the author of this very, very interesting and essential book, Essential Retirement Planning for Solo Agers. Um, obviously available at all the local outlets, including, of course, the great God Amazon. Um, so, Dr. Geber, thank you very, very much for joining us. I appreciate it. Um, and, um, I hope you're, fi- I hope this finds you well and enjoying the summer. Yes, thank you. It's indeed lovely. I'm out in California in the Bay Area and, we're having a great summer so far and hoping for no fires. Yes, hopefully no fires. Hopefully. That's, people back east don't understand. The, I, I spent the first six years of my rabbinate in L.A. and, and with the fires. People don't understand the, the, how frightening those fires can be. But anyway, I hope just stay safe. The beginning of your book, uh, Essential Retirement Planning for Solo Agers, uh, the subtitle is also important, A Retirement and aging roadmap for single and childless adults. You write, I wrote this book for those who live alone or for whatever reason have no adult children. Whether you are married, partnered, or singled in that second half of life over 50, you will not have the safety net of that immediate younger generation to count on later in life in an emergency or even an extended illness. What brought you to this, your own personal aha moment, um, <laughs> living this life? Uh, is it part of your practice? Talk to me about that. Yes, that definitely came out of my own experience. About 10 years ago, I was uh, sitting in one of those cute little wine bars in Palo Alto, California, <laughs> with a friend of mine in the early evening amidst a bunch of other people who had just left a, a hectic day of work. And uh, my friend Sandy started talking to me about all the kinds of things she had been through in the past year taking care of her aging mother. She had been flying back and forth to Maryland. Um, she probably that she probably had gone back and forth that year six times already. And uh, her mother was doing okay but still having some, starting to have some issues in her single family home. So she and her brother found a a lovely retirement community to get her mother moved into, but they also had to sell her house. They had to rearrange all her financing. Uh, They had to sell her car. It just went on and on. And at one point I looked at her and I said, Sandy, you and I don't have kids. Who's going to do that for us? Right. 
And of course, there was no answer, but that question really started me on the trajectory that has pretty much rolled my life for the last 10 years. So yeah, trying to answer the, the who is going to do that part. You write also in the beginning of the, or towards the beginning of the book, that um, you have the opportunity to be, the word you use is a pioneer, which I thought was a very interesting <laughs> word. Um, what Talk to me about that. What do you mean by you're a pioneer, you can be a pioneer. Well, we're in a very different world today with regard to so many things, but one of those things is longevity. Um, baby boomers can reasonably expect to live well into their 80s, very, very likely 90s and possibly 100s. So we're living longer, but that doesn't mean we're necessarily living healthfully longer, and we may need more care, especially for boomers who um, are already experiencing some of the chronic diseases that typically afflict older adults. But the other thing that has changed is that there are families are so spread apart now. People are just moving to the far corners of the earth uh, randomly for jobs and, and whatnot or for adventure. So in addition to all of that kind of diaspora of families, we also have a much bigger number of childless adults. The baby boomer generation had almost twice the number of women choosing not to have children as their mothers and all previous generations of women. So it has been measured at somewhere between 16 and 19% of baby boomer women chose not to have children. or some may have chosen to have children, but in the end, the circumstances weren't right. People were not having children out of wedlock so much uh, back in the 60s and 70s as they are today. So um, for many, many reasons, almost double the number of women didn't have children back in the 60s and 70s and, and into the 80s as previous generations. So we have a lot of solo agers. The you know, uh, we just did a podcast recently, um, I think it was last month, um, about the use of robotics uh, to, to specifically for, in many cases, solo agers who will be alone or living alone and just for companionship, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you, you talk about, is there an assumption of, of this is predominantly aimed at women? What about in your experience, in your work, uh, solo agers who are men. What what's the difference that you're finding about between men and women as they uh, in this particular circumstance of being alone? I'm I'm observing several things. There are absolutely as an equal number of solo aging men at during their 60s and 70s. Men still die younger than women. And I can't say we can lay that on stress at work anymore, uh, because certainly women are out in the workforce having as much stress as men. So we don't really know why, but men are passing on sooner. Uh, there are, by the time a woman hits the age of 75, she has about a 50% chance of being alone. I think the statistic is 44% of women over 75 live alone. So... So that's an issue. Uh, men, interestingly enough, when they are widowed, tend to move into senior living communities a little more readily than women. Mm. 
But still, it, it's challenging for both genders to be alone later in life. And I'm, I'm not a big fan of what's currently thought of as aging in place, if it means continuing to live alone in your suburban home somewhere far from um, transportation. So we can talk about that further if you no, want. No, but, no, I mean, it's, uh, it, it's, yeah. that's it, because the common, you know, um, mentality is I don't want to go into one of, quote, those places. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I want to be on my own. I want to, especially boomers who are used to being in control of everything. I want to age in place. And there's a whole industry now about trying to make it easier for me to age in place. But if I'm aging in place without any community, any socialization, I'm going to die younger, aren't I? That's right. That's right. Because isolation and loneliness have been studied extensively, especially these last couple of years during the pandemic. And one of the studies that um, the medical community found is that isolation and loneliness will more will lead to uh, leads to a higher rate of mortality than smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Right. So it's yes, it's hugely detrimental to to one's health to be isolated uh, from a community. Now you talk about I think it's in chapter 13 of the book. Um, the move, the move to a facility. Um, mm -hmm. Talk to me a little about how different that's going to be if, if I have to do that by myself. I don't have my kids um, helping me. They're going to go out and interview the places and check it out, what's best for mom, what's best for dad. How do I do this on my own? I mean, I may have friends, but you know, <laughs> what's, it to you? what's the deal there? It's pretty easy. The biggest uh, obstacle I find to people going out and doing this on their own is their own willingness to do it. So baby boomers, you know, while you're still active and driving and and leading your life the, pretty much the way you've led it for the last 50 years, get out and look at some of these places. Now, I have no illusions that I am going to convince most people that they want to move into a retirement community because boomers right now are looking at these communities and saying, uh-uh, that's not for me. That's not my lifestyle. I don't want to be sedentary, et cetera, et cetera. So, I number one, I do encourage you to go look at them. Uh, some of them obviously are more expensive than others, so it's good to kind of get the lay of the land. But also, if you're if you're absolutely committed to continuing to live in your own home, apartment, condo, um, mobile home park, whatever it is, at least go out and take a look at the assisted living communities and even the nursing homes near you. Just take a look. I know it's scary and people have to get over that ick factor. But if something happens to you, if you fall, um, if you have a diagnosis that you know is going to lead to some lack of mobility or lack of ability to do various things, know where you would want to go if you have to go to a place like, like that, a place like assisted living, because there are good ones and there are not so good ones. And if you know what's around you, you'll at least be able to say, okay, I know I'm going to need to do this or I need to do it right now. See if you can get me into such and such a place. Then we're talking for those boomers. No, go ahead. Uh, for those boomers who are willing to entertain the idea of moving earlier into some kind of retirement community, go out and look. And you don't really know until you look to see what's available 
Um, there are there have been a lot of changes made to these places over the last even ten years. So, yeah, I just muster up your courage and go have a look. Again, we're talking to uh, Dr. Sarah Zeff Gaber, the author of Retirement Essential Retirement Planning for Solo Agers. Um, Subtitled Retirement and Aging Roadmap for Single and Childless Adults, Amazon, local bookstores. Uh, you alluded to this. I just want to explore this a little bit because it's an issue that comes up in every single workshop that we do in our work in Jewish Sacred Aging. The economic, what I call the economics of aging. Um, if I'm alone uh, and I may not have, I may not be of that well, that, that ability to afford stuff, how do I begin to manage my own finances? Um, because if I am alone, I don't have a support system and I may not have children to, to move in with or say, can you help me out here? And you don't want to go to your friends because a lot of them are going to be in the same boat. How do we begin to manage that? Yeah. Especially in this day and age when everything is so expensive. I mean, you talk about going into interviewing a CCRC or a assisted living facility, et cetera. The cost per month of an assisted living room apartment is okay. astronomical to some people. Totally unaffordable. Yes. Yeah, it is. Um, and there's a huge, uh, what, what senior living industry calls the forgotten middle um, of people who uh, have too, too much in the way of assets and or income to qualify for any kind of government assistance, but yet they don't have enough to afford the monthly rate of one of these communities that we're, we're sort of talking about. So um, what you can do, there are a number of things you can do, and I know I'm probably talking to a, a people that uh, have represent the entire range of the economic strata out there. Um, they're in every county and parish in the U.S., there is something called the Area Agency on Aging. In your particular area, it may be called the Council on Aging. It may be called the Office of Aging through your county. But that's a, a great place to start. They have lots of resources. They can tell you what's available in your area. There is a government-subsidized senior housing that often has quite a waiting list. So if you're interested in that, uh, sign up early. But, you know, I, I find the biggest obstacle to all of this is that boomers just don't want to believe they're going to age. Right. So if they feel fine today, there's absolutely no motivation to get out there and check out these resources. And that's the biggest obstacle to get over. Once you start checking them out and really understanding what's available at your local senior center, at the uh, Area Agency on Aging, um, I think that it will at least help you understand what your options are a little better. How important is it to connect with a very good elder care attorney? Um, I think it's pretty important for everybody to have an estate plan, meaning having your um, having set up your powers of attorney for both finances and health care. Um, your state may have a, uh, an advanced directive that uh, is legal in all hospitals and uh, any healthcare facility. It's important to do that. One of the challenges that solo agers have, and a question I get asked probably as much or more than anything else, is how do I choose someone when I don't have any family? How do I choose someone to have my power of attorney? Right, 
Right. And that's a very challenging question to answer, but it's one of the most important ones. So I urge solo wagers to first look at the, the possibilities within their extended family. Um, I personally, um, I'm certainly a solo wager in that I don't have kids. There are also solo wagers out there that um, have kids, but those kids live 9,000 miles away or they're estranged for some reason. So I don't want to give you the impression that the only people I consider solo agers are people that never had biological children. So, um, so that's, so there's, there, it's, a, we're talking about a pretty large number of people. And so back to the elder law right. attorney, right. It, it's good to, to have an elder law attorney help you with that estate plan. More and more, not only attorneys, but financial planners are getting the, they're, they're getting the hint that there are a lot of solo agers out there. Um, I speak to a lot of groups of attorneys and groups of financial planners, um, and they're starting to realize that because their clients often are baby boomers, and so many of them are solo agers. So, yeah, there's a lot of professionals out there that can be very helpful, and I encourage people to, to use them to the extent that you're able financially. Um, and again, uh, your area agency on aging can help you with some of that financially. You know, you write uh, in the book um, about a community that, that, that is just beginning to talk about their own aging process, and that's the LGBTQ community, who are, as, as you mentioned, and the statistics that you quote, in, in many cases, are age alone, uh, without benefit of children or extended family. And sometimes they've been cut off from their own families uh, for a variety of reasons. Talk to me about some of the issues that you raise and some of the advice that, that would be pertinent to this community. I think pretty much everything that I raise in the book is pertinent to the LGBTQ community. So many boomers in the LGBTQ community are, um, are solo agers for just the reasons you mentioned, Rabbi. And uh, there's a question of where, the big question of where will I live? Um, I'm very happy to see that in, in several communities that I'm aware of, there are senior living communities that have been started specifically right. marketed to the LGBTQ community. We have one right here where I live in Santa Rosa, California, uh, the Fountain Grove Lodge. And it's, again, though, it's, it's a lovely place if you can afford it. Right. It's, it's like a continuing care retirement community, which costs a lot of money. So the, I think one of the, the more positive things that this community can do is to come together as as you have in so many ways already to figure out what you can do together to maintain community. It might be um, adopting a co-housing model. It might be home sharing. But every, absolutely everything that I ever say about solo aging applies to whether you are gay, lesbian, straight, transgender, it applies to any solo ager. You, you, you mentioned just, just now alluded to the, the, the cooperative housing, the communal. You talk about something called, quote, intentional communities, intentional communities. What, what, is, what are those? 
Intentional communities are groups of people who have come together with the intention of kind of being each other's chosen family. The intention of living together, working together, working things out together. Co-housing comes under the umbrella of intentional community. There are intentional communities that are organized around uh, sustainable farming, around uh, organic farming. Uh, a lot of a lot of that takes place all over the country, and specifically, I know of several in North Carolina. Um, there are also intentional communities that are religious based. So it's a yeah, it's it really is a revolves around the word intention. The the you also talk about in in again the, the book is is very very um, broad based and we're gonna, we'll get to some of the workshop and worksheets and section in, in a minute but um, you have a whole chapter devoted to a belief system and talk to me about what you what you write about. how important in your research and your finding is this idea of a belief system. Um, I think you say in the book, larger than something larger than yourself. How does that impact I, as a solo ager? I don't know that it impacts solo agers any differently than it impacts people who are parents and have children um, or who have family around them. It, this, all of the research that's been done on what's important to people later in life shows that as people age, they tend to gravitate kind of naturally toward a belief system, maybe back toward their, uh, their religious roots, maybe something entirely different, maybe a religion from somewhere on the other side of the planet. But something that helps ground them in their thoughts about death and the afterworld, whether there, there is an afterworld, because our thoughts turn to that right, right. inevitably. So that's really what I'm talking about. Yeah, I mean, that's why so many, and this comes up all the time in workshops that we do, you get to that certain point in life and you realize you have to confront your own mortality, whether you like it or not. Um, <laughs> and that's why so many people are searching, which is why we, you know, call this thing Seekers of Meaning. And so it's not so, you know, it's a bolt from heaven. It's quite obvious. Um, you have in this book six keys, you know, um, Walk me through that. The, and I think you break them down into some chapter headings, but um, what, what are these keys to successful solo aging? You're going to make me get out my book. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's always the danger when you talk to somebody I, who writes about you. Did you they know, memorize the entire book? Wrote, That's right. I wrote this book five years ago, and now – and of course, my thinking evolves, but let's see. Well, it, it, um, you, you mentioned that we've you talked a little you, bit, like the financial security, self-awareness, health. Yes. I mean, the health thing is extremely, and, and many boomers right now are <laughs> intensely committed to staying healthy, uh, more so a lot of times than our own kids' generation. So these are the keys that you talk about. Go ahead. Yes. So um, absolutely. I actually like to talk about it as kind of a one of those proverbial three-legged stools right. where your your health and well-being is one of the legs, your finance and legal preparation is another, but the third, which I really consider the most important, is your social network. 
having that foundation of community, whether it's family or um, or, an, or any other kind of community around you, I like to think of it as a social support system or a social network. So to me, I, I talk more about those, about that three-legged stool now than about in uh, dividing it up in any other way. Does no, no, it makes sense? perfect sense. It makes perfect sense. It's really, I, I, again, it's an, uh, um, it's an approach to try to tell people or teach people or engage people in a more holistic approach to living. Regardless of whether you're a solo ager or you have a, an extended family of hundreds and hundreds of people, it really is this intention of, of, of really a holistic approach, not only economically, socially, spiritually, emotionally, and economically as well, I would imagine, which is one of the reasons why I think, yes. it, 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 which is very interesting because you, towards the end of the book, you have a chapter that says, find yourself a younger support system. So here you have a book on solo aging <laughs> and you almost come to the end of it and say, but by the way, it's really important for you to get a support system made up of younger people. Talk to me about that. Well, can you imagine trying to rely on your contemporaries to have your powers of attorney and to be your, your go-to people if you, if you get sick or, or fall and break a hip? It's just unrealistic because you don't know who's going to fall right. first, whether it's going to be you or your best friend of 40 years. So, yes, it, it's wonderful to have people in your community that you've known all your life and they become wonderful, deep um, friends that you love dearly. It's also important to cultivate people of another generation, people younger than you. And you can cultivate them in so many ways. I'm. I'm kind of on the verge of jumping into starting something new that I call solo support systems, um, a process that I'd like to see synagogues and churches and senior centers and a lot of different places adopt, which involves bringing in people to form a kind of support system group of all ages. And even if we say people over 50, People that are in their 50s today are of a very different generation than people who are in their 70s or right. 80s. So that can serve as enough of an intergenerational opportunity. But gosh, I, I've personally, I have met younger friends that I've kind of cultivated, if you want to call it that, and to be better friends than just my uh the people I see at my book club, for instance, I have a, a range of ages in there. Um, when I go to my synagogue for different things, there is a range of ages of people that I tend to hang out with. It's, it's, it's just important to look around. And if you're seeing a sea of people that are your age, um, it's probably time to expand your horizons a little bit and incorporate some, some, uh, uh, younger people into yeah, that. I know some of people in our generation who say who fight against going into a retirement community is is one of the reasons for exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. That I I, yeah. I need to be in an intergenerational environment to get the vibes from the people in their 20s and 30s and 40s. If I'm only talking to people who look and act like me, it's kind of like putting myself back in a silo. Exactly. Yeah, so. I, 
And, and, yes. and the idea of creating a, 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 a what you call a solo support systems um, within synagogues, you should write that up because I think that's, no, 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 I'm very serious. I won't publish it. <laughs> no, I agree. I just, yeah. No, it's a very good idea because it really, <laughs> on a whole variety of different levels, um, mm-hmm. uh, especially with synagogues struggling to maintain some sense of viability in many parts of the country. Um, mm-hmm. We're just going to run out of, I'm going to run out of time for this segment, but, but just if you were able to just give us, all of us, uh, the, the millions of people who, as you document in the book, and again, the book is Essential Retirement Planning for Solo Agers, a Retirement and Aging Roadmap for Single and Childless Adults. Um, what's that one piece of advice that you want to give this growing cohort of solar agers? Start having conversations. Uh. Start having conversations with the people that you get together with, um, assuming you have a circle of friends, either it might be your um, your hopperah, it might be people that you uh, see a lot in your neighborhood. It, it really could be any group, but be brave and start talking about the future. Start talking about what are your plans for later life? Where do you think you'd like to live when you get into your seven or late seventies or eighties or, you know, it's always 10 years in front of us, right? <laughs> um, do you, th- how wise do you think it is to, for us to all stay in our two story homes out here on this cul-de-sac? Um, just start the conversation. I think that's the important thing. Start That'll start you thinking about it and it'll start your friends thinking about it too. Dr. Sarah Zeff-Gaber, author of Essential Retirement Planning for Solar Ages. Um, Dr. Gaber, thank you very, very much for joining us. This is a very important work. Continued good luck and um, good luck with the book and speaking and teaching. And uh, most of all, just stay healthy. Uh, thank you very much. Pleasure to be here. And to all of you, again, thank you for joining us on today's edition of Secrets of Meaning, the podcast TV arm of Jewish Sacred Aging. Again, we appreciate your support. Um, you can go to help us and support the work in these podcasts and the work of Jewish Sacred Aging on the website, jewishsacredaging.com, and just click on the donate button and follow the prompts. Again, a reminder that Seekers of Meaning is produced through the Broadcast Center of Lubetkin Media Companies in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, and we are eternally thankful for our producer, Steve Lubetkin. Again, thank you very much for joining us. I am your host, Rabbi Richard Address. I look forward to greeting you on our next Seekers of Meaning podcast and TV show. In the meantime, stay safe, everybody. Stay healthy. Be kind to one another. It's crazy out there. Be well. Thank you. <laughs>